We're back, ladies and gentlemen. Holy moly, episode seven. We did this one with Pizza Baby LA, and I can't say enough good things about the conversation I had with Janet and Robin. It was so much fun. They had just been open three weeks in their ghost kitchen, and you could just feel like the strong bond and friendship between the two. And you can just tell how much love they put into their food. And I think they're gonna be very, very successful in what they're doing. Their pie, their crust was some of the best crust I've ever had. They're also just both incredibly knowledgeable about uh, cuisine. I learned a lot. I, from this conversation, I actually went back. I bought Nancy Silverton's book. I cooked some bread. Uh, I changed tomatoes after uh, talking to Janet. She's like a tomato scientist. Anyways, they are cooking some rad pizzas. It was so awesome sitting down with them. I'm probably not supposed to say this. This was definitely one of my favorite conversations. Janet, Robin, thank you so much for doing this. It was a great conversation. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I had having it. Pizza Baby LA, let's go. I'm with Janet and Robin from Pizza Baby LA. Thank you for doing this. Thank you. I, are you excited? Super yeah. excited. I'm excited. Usually we start this thing out with a gift. That's what's in the box. So uh -oh. uh, these are for you. Sports glasses. These are for oh, you. And then they're like the pick vipers, right? Well, just check them out. You is know it? what I'm saying? <laughs> I love skiing. Oh my God, she's such an avid skier. Oh my God. Oh, those are and definitely. And I'm going to wear these for you, total you amateur. You could be skiing. You could, you could be hitting the next Harry Styles concert. <laughs> There's multiple frames when oh you want to switch it up. Are you serious? Oh. I'm, oh going, I'm going in March. Totally they they have like the rubber things that go around. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's it. I'm going to get my vintage ski suit on. Holy smokes. Oh, hell yeah. You are very Thank welcome. You. Yeah. <laughs> they're, good. they're good for cutting onions, too. Yeah, seriously. Holy crap. That's so awesome. Thank you. All right. Let's get into this. 15 questions. A little over a minute answer each one. What is your advice to someone who wants to make better pizza? Don't be stubborn. Like, you know, if something doesn't work quite your way, uh, revisit it. Or, you know, don't, don't focus in on it right away and make yourself crazy. I would say, like, come back to it. Don't let it frustrate you to the point where you are totally over it. Um, I think it's important just to be a good person. Like, don't, constantly try to undercut people, cut costs. Like when you do those things, you definitely compromise quality. So like think about your customer and like maybe their kids are eating it. Do you want to give them conventional food full of pesticides and whatnot? Or do you want to use like healthy, um, like organic things? So you have been open now for about three weeks and what has been the most challenging part about that? Patience. <laughs> I have zero patience all the time and just learning to sit in the moment has been my hardest task at hand, especially like me personally, but maybe even as like a generation, we want things like now we want them to be perfect. We want them to be exactly how we imagined. Um, and often I think that means like we move too fast um, and I'm trying to, even if it's uncomfortable, like sit there, sit with that feeling, whether it's happiness or 
anger or impatience and just feel it, you know? Like, it's really important to just feel those things and then, you know, be able to process them like a normal person ought to. Yes. <laughs> From a business standpoint, being in a ghost kitchen, the marketing, because basically, you know, like my friend said, you're like this huge secret. Nobody knows you're out there. And just kind of understanding like what channels you need to use to market yourself and get customers in the door. So yeah. that's been the hardest. And so this is going to be another hardest question. What was the hardest part about getting open? The health department. <laughs> that was getting it? them in here, yes. especially around the holidays. Just getting them to show up. Yeah. So did you always foresee this concept uh, being like done in a ghost kitchen? Uh, definitely not. No. Um, we had just kind of toyed around with the idea of like, oh, if we could find a tiny little shop, a couple hundred square feet, maybe we can sling some pies. And then this ghost kitchen thing came up and we were just talking about quality of life and just how much extra you have to do when you have to provide service um, in dining inside. So we thought, okay, for, not, for less money, we could get started up here in a ghost kitchen, see how it goes. If it goes really well, then we could go brick and mortar. Yeah, so it gave you the ability to test this out before. Exactly, like, it's like a proof of concept. Yeah, what do you think is a good estimate uh, for startup money for like this business model, for people who want to do it? Um, maybe like 50 to 75 and load the marketing money up front, like first. So what do you mean by like load the money up front? Like uh, start out with the marketing, even before like you get your equipment, even almost even before you sign the lease. Like if you do that, then once you get out the gates, you're going to have a little enough to keep operations going and then you'll probably get customers in the door. But what was the marketing that you have done thus far? I mean, we've done like a lot of guerrilla style, like passing out flyers at USC. Um, I, you know, went to some car dealerships and bugged those guys, a lot of Instagram ads. And then we're going to work on just kind of maximizing um, Google search for us. It's a lot of like really unexciting, not sexy things at all. Like I wish I could just put on a pizza suit and go parade around some kind of intersection. But for ghost kitchens, that doesn't work. This is like something that everyone tries to wrap their their head around, mm -hmm. whether you're in a ghost kitchen or not. Like marketing is, mm. is fucking, it's crazy. It's hard. Yeah. And I think too, like in the near future, we are going to be doing some pop-up series around town. So okay. I think that's going to be a really fun way um, on the other side of marketing to get our name out and our like product in front of people. Can you explain what a uh, Hapa pizza is? <laughs> I had to Google it myself. You don't know what Hapa is? I, I know what Hapa is, but oh, okay. I, did, I never had Hapa pizza. Oh, well, yeah. Take it. Um, Robin's Hapa herself, so um, I'll let her. I mean, we're, we're both, well, we're both Asian. Uh, Hapa is, you know, just someone who is half Asian and typically half white. Um, and what we kind of saw with this concept was, you know, we made really traditional Italian pizzas. We also grew up here in California and we have like a really strong, obvious connection to our Asian roots. And we kind of mix all those things together and have just been constantly joking that this is our like Hapa pizza baby. Is anyone else in L.A. doing a Hapa pizza? Not to my knowledge. I think there might be like some sort of kimchi pizza somewhere in K-Town that we heard about recently. Yeah. But and there are a couple of like Korean style pizza places here in Koreatown. Yeah. 
but they're like pretty hardcore Korean, like stuffed sweet potato crust, like corn and mayonnaise on it. Yeah. And so like stuff you would actually find in Korea. So we're thinking of just, you know, what's something that's different that would appeal to, you know, just everybody. Yeah. Well, I think like fusion is probably like the best thing anywhere. It's, it's also like what's more American than fusion really our parents at some point or like our families came here and assimilated the best they could but of course you're also gonna like try and hold on to part of that culture and of course it's always that like even now when we have dinner with each other even if we're having like pizza or pasta we're like oh should we have some like kimchi or should <laughs> we have some sort of like vinegar based something on the side yeah. and it's just like hard to avoid because yeah. we want those flavors uh -huh. even when we want pizza or pasta or even like a hamburger. Where does uh, your creativity for pizzas and food come from? <laughs> uh, yeah. Dude, is that one a funny ass question or what? I, mean, dude? I, funny, I wasn't expecting that. It's laugh. funny because, okay, so we went to culinary school like a hundred million years ago together. <laughs> Bo and, both of you? Yeah, and we were just ridiculous. Like now looking back on it, like we were so obnoxious. <laughs> And totally. when Robin started working with me at Pizzetta, again, I mean, I think we just had a lot of inside jokes. I felt oh, so sorry for the third person prepping with us because I think <laughs> they just felt excluded all the time. Um, and, you know, while we're having a good time joking, we just come up with ridiculous ideas. Like the clam pie. I was like, clam chowder on a pizza. Go. How do we do that? <laughs> and like we just riff off each other i think because we have such a good relationship and like we know how to have fun yeah i think there's like a lot of magic in that you know yeah that, that yeah. connection and like that that fun and then being able to put that into something yeah and like being able to laugh at ourselves like yeah. some I, I can't even name any off the top of my head right now but there yeah, have just been so some many. where we're just like that's insane yeah. we, we we can't do that but like the clam chowder it was like oh we'll, we'll do a bechamel and, and we'll do potatoes and big yeah. chunky bacon like we don't want piddly bacon we want like we want and i was like my favorite part is the tabasco so yeah we gotta make a tabasco piccata with it, oyster crackers. with oyster crackers instead of breadcrumbs and it it almost sounded too nutty to work and then the first one we did we like had that moment where we were like oh shit this is fine this is really good mm -hmm. it <laughs> sounds got, delicious we gotta like get this out to people Awesome. What has been the scariest part about being an entrepreneur? <laughs> <laughs> She's had some real dark moments. I've had, yeah, I've had some struggles. Um, well, get them out. I think just like knowing that this is you. This is like you on a pizza. This is you in a salad. This is you on like a postcard. Um, and just having that like really deep internal fear of rejection, um, which may or may not be true, but you just kind of exist with it. And any little whatever moment or bump in the road, you're like, oh, there it is. That's the rejection. And it most of the time totally isn't. But you know, you kind of spin yourself out and you're like, oh, you need to pull yourself back to the moment. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. So what kind of flower are you using and why? Since I'm the dough master, um, we're using central milling, um, high gluten, because we wanted to do like a New York style pizza. And then what I really wanted to do was fresh mill um, whole grain wheat, because I love that flavor. I did a lot of bread making at home, sourdough, blah, blah, blah. And then my friend turned me on to just milling the grain yourself 
and it I mean it makes such a difference yeah. in flavor. Um we haven't bought a mill yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> yeah, but, but would so, you get a mock mill? <clears throat> yeah, like a mock mill. Yeah, yeah the bigger one. Mm -hmm. Um so instead we're using the Karen Springs. Um and they do leave like a high percentage of bran and whole meal in their flour. Mm -hmm. Is it the Yokoro Rojo? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you got the good shit. I saw it when I walked in. I was like, yeah. they know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. As much as I love like pure white flour, like the nuttiness and the earthiness, and you get a little added nutrition value. Nutritional yeah. value. What are your three favorite ingredients? In general or on a pizza? It does. It's just in general. In general. Yeah. Oh, that's a really hard one. Wow. Right now. Right Ruff? now. It doesn't have to be all time. Okay. Okay. Sesame seed oil. Mm, bomb. Black pepper. Like copious amounts of black pepper it's it's it <laughs> she looked at you like you're a psychopath i am a bit of a psychopath but actually the three ingredients that come to my mind are garlic bay and black pepper and that is like a huge staple in filipino cuisine like you're gonna find it in like absurd amounts in everything mm -hmm. you make in the philippines um but yeah i would say those are my three all right and then we got the ingredients. Let's go to what's one piece of equipment that every pizza shop should have, in your opinion? A really good dough mixer. Yeah. Not the Hobart with the dough hook. You should really get an actual dedicated dough mixer. That's what I think. Probably like a food processor or, you know. <laughs> like a good one. Like a good yeah. one, though. And one that's not just going to beat up your ingredients, like no matter what it is, if you're making an aioli or you're making a basil oil, like you want something that is going to like last you and really treat your ingredients the way that you would with like a knife. Yeah. Except in like large quantities because you don't want to chop everything all the time yourself. Yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> oh, I've got one more. Okay. A really good can opener. Ooh, yeah. Because you yeah, are yeah. opening cans of sauce all the time. All the time. Yeah, you don't want metal shards yeah. winding no. up in that sauce. You, you, you have an old school one where you like, you know, tap in the blade and like crank it around the can. Well, you need one of those. No, no. You don't those, want I, those? I've, I've seen those like break way too many times okay. or like get really, too yeah, rusty because yeah. nobody cares to take care of their stuff. Yeah. That's the real key. I think like you could have any equipment you really like that is of good quality, but if you don't take care of it, it's doesn't matter. Well said. Is there a failure in your career that you can share that taught you something or helped you grow? I actually tell this story, I feel like, all the time. <laughs> I think I just told it to you the other day. Um, in my first, so when I first started cooking, I was a pastry chef. Um, and in my first position as the pastry chef for the restaurant, um, I worked with a guy who, you know, started as a prep cook, made his way to pantry and pantry you're executing my desserts. Now we're not just buds. Like now I'm kind of like, Hey, that's not right. Or this or that. Um, and there was one night where I was just way too hard on him, way too hard. And I thought like, you know, that's just what being a chef is. Uh, and he turned around and he was like, I do not like working for you. And it felt like such an epic, like professional failure to like have someone tell you that to your face. Um, and I really thought about it and it really made me change how I interact with people, um, especially people that are like, not just working alongside me, but like working in a sense, like not underneath me, but like people who are trying to learn from me, like you have to be kind. Otherwise you're just going to have that turnover. 
you're going to have people telling you you're an asshole and it doesn't feel good. Like some people, I think, really try to lean into that. And I believe that no one really wants to feel that way at the end of the day. Um, and it, you know, I stumbled a little bit through the years um, still with that until I came out the other side and was like, oh, you just got to be nice and be like, you know what? People mess up. Like, that's that's not totally correct. That's OK. We'll still serve it. Yeah. We're like, it's all right. Just make another one. Yeah. yeah. But I used to I used to be that chef who would like look at the plate and like throw it away in front of you and be like, do it again. And that was just not dope, but it is totally how I was taught. Um, and that's like a big part of something I wanna change overall, if I can like have an effect in the industry moving forward. Sometimes I think about like the, the prep cooks and how a lot of them are undocumented and just not speaking up kind of to management or whoever owned the establishment um, to kind of advocate for them. And I worked really recently at this little bakery and I was like, I'm not going to let that happen again. So, you know, I kind of gathered all the prep cooks and I was like, you need to stand up for yourself. You need to ask for more wages. You need to, um, you know, your family's coming from Mexico. You haven't seen them for 20 years. Like you need to take a week off. Like don't come here and work. It's not worth it. Can you shout out someone or a book or a podcast that uh, we as pizza bakers need to go check out to become better bakers or just people? Oh, you probably, say. oh my gosh. I spent so many hours late at night watching, <laughs> um, is it Vito Icapelli? Do you oh, know who I'm talking about? I do. He's this yeah, Italian yeah. guy and he did like a pop-up here in LA and he's like, next level pizza. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No. I'm sure. No. Oh, I feel no. like maybe he even follows guy. you. But he's huge. And he like goes through all the like pizza, how to, he gives out so much information. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm okay, talking yeah, about, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the guy. A lot of all late right. night deep dives. Yeah. <laughs> Leading yeah. up to pizza day. So as far as like dough and like sourdough, I started um, a long time ago when I was in high school with Breads of Ludbury Bakery, Nancy Silverton. Yeah. And Legend. her yeah. process for making a starter and then making your first loaf of sourdough bread is like so detailed. I mean, yeah, it's like a Bible. Is that a book? It's a book, yeah. yeah. Do you listen to pizza podcasts? Uh, I kind of don't. Yeah. Um, she does more I... like social justice. Uh, well, that and I mean, like, I do like to read a lot of cookbooks. Like right now, I'm like totally going front to back, back to front on mastering pizza just because like I think that it has a lot of interesting information and it it just kind of wants you to look at the pizza and like its most basic form is kind of what I'm gathering and like don't overcomplicate it. Um, and then I tried to make bread at home and I was like less successful than Janet, but the tartine uh, bread book is kind of like my bread Bible. Um, and just, you know, I, I was watching his chef's table recently with um, uh, Bianco. Bianco. <laughs> yeah. And just the way he's kind of like very, <laughs> just like, go with the flow. Like the dough's gonna tell you what to do. Yeah. But yeah, I would say tartine is kind of like where I kind of hone in on whatever problems I'm having. Okay, it's a great book. Yeah. Do you, are you guys doing sourdough? No. No, okay. Yeah. Just cause you mentioned it. <clears throat> um, I do sourdough at home, but okay. we're not doing sourdough here. I'd like to, but it's kind of hard 
since we're not open seven days a yeah, week. Yeah, taking care of that yeah. thing is a full-time yeah. job. It also, okay. I feel like, reacts a little differently in the deck ovens and we would want, um, or we've had like varying, in my opinion, varying, you know, products where in something like this, especially in a ghost kitchen, you really want that same thing yeah. every single time to be hitting the box. We saw your reel. Oh, on yeast. it's on the yeast. Oh, the yeast beast? Yeah, yeah. we yeast were like, beast. I was like, oh, God, he's he's talking to us right now. <laughs> you want consistency? Yeah. <laughs> yeast beast. Yeast beast. Uh, is it easy to keep the temperature, like, it, when you guys aren't here, if you wanted to, do you keep your the temperature in this room consistent? No, okay, because if you were doing sourdough, you'd have to have, like, that thing running all the time, yeah. right? Yeah, you'd be way too expensive. There's dry storage. Okay. What is the greatest band of all time and why? I think I already know you. Rob's going straight to. I just feel like I know some people would say this isn't a band, but he has a band. Oh, the artist. Okay. Artist. Definitely yeah. Harry Styles. <laughs> it's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Harry. I just saw him last night. And even like him aside as an individual, his band is just like spectacular. He would not be as excellent without them. All right. Well, okay, let's see, music. I had kids and I just haven't been in the music thing for a while. So I'm gonna go back and channel my high school inner self, which would say the Smashing Pumpkins. Yes. Wonderful band, wonderful yes. band. All right, we're getting to the end here. Um, I didn't write this down, but I wanna ask it. So on the website, it talks about like making food with integrity. Mm. And I, I love when people say that, but can you both I explain to me what in integrity in food is? Integrity to me is what you do when nobody's looking. Um, you know, it, but it really is like, what, what do you do when that, is that you? Oh. <laughs> um, you know, like whatever it is, like, and you know, we've all seen people drop something on the floor chef's not looking, what do you do? You know, or whatever it is, something's like maybe not quite up to par. Are you really gonna use that? Like, would you, or like I constantly ask myself, like, would you serve that to your family? Um, and I think that's how I feel about integrity. Um, I think for me, integrity is like how you treat your people. So, and then also like what kind of products you're going to support. Um, so hopefully we'll have staff soon and we've talked from the very beginning about making sure they're well compensated and all those things. Okay. What makes you both so good at what you do? I would say that we don't take ourselves too seriously. You know, um, we always, even I think in the hard moments, maybe it's silent for a little while, but we find the time to like come back to the laughter. And I think that keeping that sort of lightheartedness in a kitchen is really, really important. Or like in life in general, it's like important to know that you can still laugh. Um, I'd say our work ethic. I mean, Robin makes it sound like all we do is like <laughs> tickle each other and laugh all the time. <laughs> so I think commitment and dedication, those kinds of things. Where do we go to get in touch? Uh, pizzababyla.com is our website. You can order from there. You could also find us on DoorDash, Uber Eats, Grubhub, all of that. Um, and you can find us on Instagram, uh, pizzababyla. All right. Janet, Robin, 
This was rad. Thank you so much for doing this. We out. <laughs>